sevenfold return, Father, for your kingdom's glory. And Holy Spirit, we endeavor to be a vessel, a vessel not to contain, but a vessel to flow the rivers of God. And we just look to you this morning and we just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will will move through uh, this vessel in pure delivery of truth. And that you will move in the vessels, Father, to receive that in Jesus' name. And all the glory and honor go to our Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. I'm very excited to be with you this morning. I think I understand a little bit about what Paul said when he said in Romans chapter 1, Brethren, I long to be with you that I might impart some spiritual gift. Because it's something that about all of us getting together... In the various and sundry calls and the various and sundry giftings and the way God has put the members as they get fitly joined, as we, as we assemble together and come together, he makes a supply. The supply is always there. But when we get those members fitly joined, the supply is increased. Amen. Hallelujah. And I just believe this morning that by the entrance of the Holy Spirit, you will receive, Miss Teresa, something new. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is about newness. That's an inside thing between me and Miss Teresa this morning. I wasn't just pointing her out like she was a hard head not getting anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, so real quickly before we get into the word, boy, we don't have a whole lot of time here. I'm, I'm a typical lecture type person, so I need at least 50 minutes. That's about what, what, 50 minutes to an hour. But we'll see how the Holy Spirit goes this morning. I feel that 2013, even though it's the Gregorian calendar and really has nothing to do with the Jewish calendar, which is really God's calendar, in my opinion, it still is a newness in terms of our understanding of time. We've turned over into another year. So it's like the slate kind of gets clean, you know, and we're all the things we didn't do last year, we're going to purpose to do this year, and we're renewed in attitudes of our mind about those things. But I tell you, there are words, there are seasons, and I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying that this is the season for my people to rise and declare. Like never before. Declaration is like it says over in Job chapter 22, decree a thing and it shall come to pass. It shall be established. Decree a thing. If you look at that word, decree, it actually comes from the Hebrew word that means to cut asunder. And somebody said, well, what does cut asunder and decree have to do with each other? I'll tell you, it has everything to do with what it means to be to speak forth the truth plainly, commend yourself unto men's conscience, as Paul said, because what a word is, is a sword. Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. And what was that sword? That sword was truth. And he said that truth would divide mother from father, from sons from mothers, and so on and so forth, because it makes a difference on what people do with that truth in terms of their unity together. And so Jesus didn't come to that into Mexican food, you know, and I'm sorry, Brother Han, I didn't get Chinese food in there, which is a particular thing for me. Some like fish and hot oil like I do, man. That's good stuff, man. He introduced me to fish and hot oil and hot pot. And I, but I do have some in there for you all because this is some good curry, some good curry. Curry is excellent stuff, man. You just cannot go wrong with curry. 
Okay, what about the next thing? But now when we get to America, you know, we talk about a cheeseburger. We talk about a cheeseburger. And what about, you know, but a cheeseburger ain't enough. You know, we got to go ahead and pile it high and deep. But that ain't enough. Because you can eventually get to the place that it takes a truck to pull it to your table. And then if that's not enough, we got to do something and take a donut and cut it in half and make a cheeseburger out of a donut. And that's what this is right here, because we can't get enough saturated fat and sugar and protein and all that good stuff in grease. So we got to put it all together and kick it up a notch. Like Emerald says, all right, brother, go ahead. And so, you know, the thing could be so you could be so passionate about the food that you could actually paint it on your body. This is a cheeseburger tattoo on someone's arm. Someone is very passionate about cheeseburgers. Go on, brother. You know, and then you got the weird foods. The French always have to step outside the box, you know, and escargot. Go on, brother. But then you've got other civilizations, you know, like the Filipinos. I could, I could tell. What is that, Jamie? That's right. I call it balut. I don't know how you say it. Balot. Yeah, balot. And what that is, is that's an embryonic duck. And, and they'll take those and they, guess what they do? They'll age them for the people that have particular palate for that. In the shell, you crack it open and eat all that stuff. Jamie, you talk to Jamie about that. Her mother's from Philippines. She can tell you all about balots. All right, what about the next thing? And it gets even weirder. I'm sorry, brothers, but you know, you can see how many people are going are gonna to pony up to a table full of grilled rat. You know, okay, that's it, I think. You know, I got to ask you this morning, is food important to us? How often do we eat? As often, he says, as often as he can. We just came through the holidays and the holidays really is just punctuated by eating. Is it not consumed with it? You know, and you look, you know, what about any particular partiality towards food types? Does anyone like Mexican food? What about Chinese food? What about Indian food? I tell you what, man, I raised my hand and both feet on all of it. There's nothing I don't like except for raw onions. That's the only thing. Except for raw onions. Now, I like onion rings. I like them in the, as flavoring. I like them grilled, but don't give me raw ones. I, just, I, I don't know what the deal is on that. I had a grandma that could eat onion like an apple. Just eat it like an apple. You know, what about time and preparation and seasoning? What about the investment in ingredients that we make in our physical food? What about foods you just have to have? Ladies, what is it about chocolate? It makes you happy. I, I mean, there is something. There's got to be some. I don't know that they've ever proven anything scientifically. There is something going on there with chocolate and ladies. I don't know what the deal is. Something you just got to have. My wife tells me I've got to have some chocolate. No, she does tell me that. She's like, i got to have some chocolate. And it's one of them looks in one of those tones of voice. It's like, I've got to have some chocolate. <laughs> a stress reliever. Well, I just, we're having a little bit of fun and ice breaking this morning talking about physical food. You know, and the thing is, we're real familiar with our physical appetite. Some more than others. I speak to myself. And the desire to fulfill that. In fact, food is really an obsession for most people. 
It really is. It's an obsession. Food is a necessity, but I venture to say that most of us have ever tested this necessity in the natural man. Has anyone ever come to that like these people? Hadn't eaten for three days? Not because you're fasting. I've never known a time of hunger in my entire life except what I've imposed on myself. Never known. Never known. Never known. I've never known physical hunger in my life except what I have imposed. Never known. Yet there are are millions of people that know it every day. That know it every single day. But, you know, very few people in America have ever tested that necessity, though. Now, what about the rest of our being? You all have heard me preach. You all have heard me to teach the Word of God. And I'm real, real big on the Spirit. I'm real big on, on conveying the necessity for us to understand who we are, Spirit first, and to develop our inner man, our inner woman, who we are made in the likeness of God. And, you know, in doing that, to realize that we are Three in one. You know, we've talked about that. We're spirit first. We have a soul. We live in a body. And like God, we are triune. That means we're three in one. Tri, three, un, one, like uno. Three in one. We're not just physical flesh and bone that sits there and just craves these things that we see on the screen. And that's the end of our appetite and the end of our eating. We're spirit. We're soul. Those beings also Hunger, those beings also thirst, those parts of us also must eat. And First uh, <clears throat> Thessalonians 5.23, now may the God of peace sanctify himself, self, or may himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body. See, there it is. It's laid forth. All three, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Okay. So each part, though, of a spirit, soul, and body contacts its own realm. It has its own voice, and it must be fed to sustain health and grow. Our spirit is the essence of our life eternal, with God or apart from Him. Your heart, the inward man, that's what we're talking about, the spirit. The new birth is a birth of the spirit. It's not a birth of the flesh. It's not a birth of your soul. Whenever you accepted Jesus as your Lord, being drawn to him by the Spirit, as Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except he be drawn. When you're drawn and you respond unto that call, you receive the, the washing of the, of, of the water of the Word, the washing of the blood of, of Christ, and by the Holy Spirit you're baptized into the body of Christ. When that place has taken place, there is nothing about your soul and nothing about your flesh that changes. Not in that moment. I wish it did, brothers and sisters. I wish it did. I wish we would be sanctified and, and have everything washed away from our soul. I wish those fetters would be just completely absolved whenever we confess the name of Jesus in our soul now. Come on. Or in our flesh. But it just doesn't happen because the new birth is a birth of the spirit. It's a birth of your spirit, man, your spirit, woman, the inward part of you. And that part of you is the part that contacts the spirit realm, which is just as real as what we are looking at in the physical, but in the spirit there's a realm that's just as, just as real. And for the Christian, this is the pneuma. It's the deep breath of God, the deep life. It is the sustaining life. And the voice of your spirit is the conscience. That's the, your, the inward witness, your gut. My gut's telling me. Listen to that. Because that's the voice of your spirit, your conscience. 
And the food of the spirit of your spirit is the bread of heaven. It's the manna of heaven. It's the spoken and revealed word of God. And there's a word in the New Testament for it. And it's called rhema. You want to ask a question about what the food of your spirit is? It's rhema of God. It's the spoken of word, word of God to you. The spoken word, the word he speaks unto you that, that illuminates your spirit and, and brings forth and shines forth an understanding to your soul that renews it. That's rhema. That's what I'm talking about. Now, the soul is the dimension of man that deals with the mental realm, man's intellect, his will and his emotions, that part that reasons, the part that thinks, the part that decides and relates in emotion. And loosely, the soul is really mind, will and emotions. It's three things. The soul is the core of your personality, your uniqueness as an individual. It's your taste. It's the things that you like, the things that you dislike, the things that you want to do, the things that you don't want to do. The soul contacts the intellectual realm. Its voice is largely reasoning and emotions. Its food, though, is knowledge, experience, and wisdom. Those, that's the food of the soul. We have, a whole, we have institutions across the world that cater to the soul's appetites. And it's, there's a lot of good things, a lot of good things in it. Knowledge is excellent. Gain knowledge, gain understanding, develop wisdom, you know, ha- experience things. That, those are the food. That's the food of the soul. Now, the body, we're very familiar with, contacts the physical realm. The senses are the voice of the body. And its food is physical bread. We just showed a whole bunch of it. Or just different examples of it. We're familiar with that. So now, we're familiar with feeding the, the physical man. We don't have to talk about that. That's an easy, easy thing to understand. And we're familiar with feeding the soul man. Very familiar. I mean, like I said, we have universities that do that. We have books that do that. We have television that does that. Every stimulus that you can imagine, the Internet, all that, feeding your soul. Now, there's some fast food. There's some health food. There's some junk food. There's lots of food out there in the physical, right? And not all of it's good for us to eat. It might taste good. It might, it might give you something for a season that you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is the best thing I've ever eaten in my life. But it's 60% saturated fat. It's 80% of the sodium that you need in an RDA intake. It's maybe 100%, you know, of, of you know, starch, whatever it is you're looking at in one meal. Boy, we liked it, though. Man, we like that pecan pie. I like me some pecan pie. I like me some pumpkin pie. You know, those are all wonderful things. I like some mince pie. Yeah, I got someone that knows about mince pie here. If you want a good mince pie, talk to Pastor Dale. Excellent. I love that kind of stuff. But you know what? Some of that stuff, you, you can't make a living off of it. Dale, as good as mince pie is, we can't eat that as the, our only food source. I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, I, you know, with good coffee and that good hot pie, it'd be great. We could eat that, and that's, you know, we eat it constantly. But at some point in time, Dale and I, you're going to have to roll us out of this building if we keep eating mince pie every day. You know what I'm saying? And we're not exercising and doing things. I mean, it's not good for you. The same for the soul, guys. There is food out there that is not good for your soul. 
You can eat and eat and eat and you can enjoy it and it seems good, but it will, it will large your soul. It will clog your soul. It will corrupt your soul. <clears throat> I mean, I'm spitting all over the place. Good thing there ain't nobody sitting up here. So we're familiar with feeding the soul. Matthew 4, 4. But he answered and said, he, this is Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is Jesus talking to the devil after he's been tempted, after he's been, you know, fasting for so many days. And here comes the devil and his nose, he's hungry. And he's telling him, Jesus, I know you hunger. I know you want to eat like nobody's business because there ain't too many men that's fasted 40 days in this world. You did, and I know you got to be hungry. So, you know, you are the bread of heaven. You, ha- Whatever you speak takes place, comes to pass. The Father is bent towards your, your you know, uh, requests. It's time to command some stone to become bread. And here's Jesus' response. He said that the food that I need, this is the Greg version, is not the natural food. That's not the only food that sustains my being. And in fact, there is a food that supersedes that. And it is the word that comes from my father. The word that comes from my father. So physical bread isn't the only food by which we are to live. I mean, the logic here, the logic demands that there must be another part of us that must eat. Does it not? If he says man shall not live by bread alone, then why would he say that unless there's some other part of you that has to eat and there's another type of food to be eaten? And then he goes on to tell you what that food is. And and the thing is, though, it's not just that there is other food to be eaten, but that that part of you should be consuming at least consistent with the eating of your physical food for crying out loud. We put so much time and effort into what we do physically in terms of satisfying appetites, satisfying cravings, things that we have to have. But I'm not preaching condemnation this morning, but I just want to put something out there this morning. What about the spirit? What about your spirit, man? Do you have a similar drawing and appetite and hunger for the things and the food that God has laid out for us to consume spiritually that will provide sustenance, that will provide a means of growth, that provide a means of healing and health and strength and nutrients spiritually? Do we hunger for that food? Do we give equal, at least equal attention to the intake spiritually that we do to our physical intake? Amen or oh me? I'm speaking to myself this morning. So the other food is the word of God. Jesus says it very plainly. But let me say, let me just break it down a little bit further. It's not just the words on a page. He didn't say, but by every word that's written on a page that I read like a literary manuscript. He didn't say, but by every word that's written on a page, because it's a good story and it brings a warm fuzzy for me to see those things. He said, by every word that proceedeth, proceedeth, if you look at that word in the Greek, it's actually a continuing action verb. It's not words that just been spoken, but it's words that continue to be spoken. Even now, as we stand, sit here today, 
The Father speaks. The, for, for, I mean, our King and Lord Jesus is the Word of God, and He's alive. And that being alive, then, He is speaking. He's the Word. Words speak. Unless they're spoken, their words don't live. So Jesus speaks. Hallelujah. It's every word that proceedeth. It's that word that is, that is the bread. His words continue to come forth. Listen to Young's literal translation. But he answering saith, It hath been written, Not upon bread alone does man live, but upon every word coming forth from the mouth of God. I like that version. Because that, that puts it out there. But every word coming forth, every word coming forth, that doesn't mean the words that just been spoken, but the words that continue to emanate forth from the Father. He's still speaking today, folks. And to eat this food, though, we must understand what that food is and how we consume it. Would anybody like a little more understanding this morning about what our spiritual food is? Would anyone like the, a little bit more understanding and revelation about how we consume our spiritual food? You know, in the physical realm, in the natural realm, we have people that actually develop their understanding of nutrition, and they call them nutritionists. We have people that develop clin clinical uh, treatments based around nutrition. And really, if you look at a lot of the sound science, the majority, the majority of a lot of ailments that we suffer could be corrected through good nutrition. No, it's true. You just start eating the right things and exercising and doing the things that you're supposed to do. And a lot of the issues like diabetes, type 2 diabetes, uh, you know, obesity, whatever, they, they will begin to correct themselves. They will. There's a correct way to, to, to nutrition in the natural. And guess what? There is a, there is a way to, to nutrition in the spirit. There is nutrition in the spirit. <clears throat> And we have to partake. So let's talk a little bit about spiritual food and eating. So the first meal, I have to say, begins your spiritual life. It begins your spiritual life. It sets the course for a source of spiritual provision that never runs out. Listen to the words of Jesus. John six thirty two. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you... That bread from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. Listen to Jesus saying this. For the bread of God is he which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Can we say that this morning? Lord, evermore give us this bread. Hallelujah. I tell you, I feel stirred in my spirit this morning. Lord, evermore, give us this bread. I can identify where the disciples are at, the people that are here listening to him. But then listen to what Jesus says. And Jesus said it to him, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger, and he that believes on me shall never thirst. The, the, the important thing here this morning, the thesis this morning, is that the answer is already there before we've requested it. The thing we've asked for, Lord, evermore give us this bread. It's available, and it has a name, and it is a person, and his name is Jesus. The Word of God. The bread come down from heaven. 
And you look at, he talks about how God gave the people uh, bread in the wilderness and they called it manna. And if you look at the word manna, it means what is it? What is it? And you know, there's a, it, well, I'll tell you what it is, slap, slap, it's the provision of God. You don't have to, you know, and I am here this morning to tell you that so often the, the inhibition to your spiritual nutrition is exactly what they did when they looked at manna. It's to approaching it with the soul and saying, what is it? Do you know what? You can decide of an act of your will, an act of your senses, whether you eat or not eat a physical food. Ooh, that stuff has a weird smell. You know, I've smelled a lot of weird smelling food. And when I taste it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is good. No, you know what I'm talking about? Stuff, stuff is new smells to you, spices and different things. It's like, yeah, that's different. I'm not used to that. I tell you this morning, under the unction of the Spirit of God, the spiritual food, more often than not, is like manna that the, old, the people in the Old Testament looked at. When you behold it in your soul, when you behold it in the flesh, it doesn't look to have form. It doesn't look to have any, it looks to be void of anything attractive. But, in, but when you intake it, when you take it into yourself, it's the very provision of God for your life. It's the very thing that will bring his life and his sustenance to you. What is it? So that first meal begins your spiritual life. And that is partaking of the, of the bread of heaven. When you partake of that, when you accept Jesus, you've partaken of his bread. And that starts a course. And people say, well, what are you talking about? Jesus said we would never hunger. We would never thirst. No, no, that doesn't mean that you're not going to hunger or thirst. It just means that once you have received and partaken of his supply, the supply is forever there. Do you see what I'm saying? The supply is forever there. It's not, it doesn't mean that you're never going to hunger again. No, we, we, we always hunger again. We want more. We want more. We consume more. We have to have the nutrients. But it just means that once you've tapped that supply for eternity, that supply is available to you. You'll never hunger again. Remember me talking about earlier that I've never known hunger. Never. Never have I known hunger in my life because of a circumstance in the physical. Never. That's what it is. When you've tapped that supply, you don't know hunger because that supply is always there. You just got to go get it. You've got to avail yourself of it. And John 6, 58 says, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. So there it's talking about manna and the consumption of that physical food for their their uh, natural body. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. There's a difference between the physical food and the spiritual food. When you consume the spiritual food, it's food that creates within you the energy for eternity. That liberates the nutrients to sustain you for eternity in the presence of God. And like physical bread, the bread from heaven should be a daily provision. I don't know of many people that wake up in the morning and go, well, I'm not going to eat today. No, I'm talking about not unless they're fasting. I'm just talking about just people saying, ah, I don't feel like eating today. I'm just not going to eat. And they go the whole day and they don't eat. I'm not talking about people that are fasting now. I'm talking about people that just wake up and just, ah. And there's some weird, if you, if you are, you're probably sick. Something wrong with you. Yeah. You wake up in the morning and it's like, what do they call it? Break fast. 
Because you just slept for eight, eight, nine hours, hadn't eaten anything, and now you got it's time to break that fast. It's time to eat it. Eat something. So what about our spiritual bread? It is a daily provision. Luke eleven two, and he said unto them, he being capital H, Jesus, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And so oftentimes we, we have an immediate focus upon what? The natural provision. The natural provision. But I'm going to submit to you this morning, if you've never understood this, that I believe more than anything, it was asking for spiritual bread. It was an asking and request of the Father God that he would supply unto you the rhema, the spoken word, the word that comes to you from God by the Holy Spirit that brings enlightenment to your soul, that renews it, that brings the nutrients and liberates them to your spirit and to the rest of your being. That that is the bread you ask for. How can I say this? How can you say that, Greg? Because, of course, you need to ask him for your bread. Well, yes, but also Jesus said he knows what you have need before you ask him. He knows you need bread in the physical. Why don't you listen to Luke twelve twenty nine and seek not what ye shall eat. Talking about physical. And what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, but your Father knows the things you have need of. Yet seek his kingdom, and these things will be added unto you. Do you think now that Jesus was probably talking about us asking for physical bread? Father, this day give us our daily bread. Well, I think that there is an honor and esteem in that in terms of looking to the Father for your natural provision. But how much more the spiritual? How much more the spiritual provision that's there? That we are to avail ourselves of. Ask the Father daily for your spiritual food. Ask the Father daily for your spiritual food. And I like the way Luke brings that out in verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. Day by day our daily bread. Spiritual food is available for all states of maturity. It's no different than the physical realm. You know, we don't take a, a, there's just a beautiful baby back here. Man, he's so fat. He's just like gushy. Is he there? He's not there anymore. Oh, there he is. Okay. Hold him up. Look at him, man. He's just so precious. (laughs) You know, the last time I saw him and really focused on him is when we had that marriage seminar. How old was he then? What? About a month. Let me tell you what, he was a lot thinner than he is now. He's been on the grocery wagon. That young man has. He's been on the grocery wagon. He knows what it means to put down some natural food. But I tell you what, as precious as that baby is, and as much as we want to bring nutrients and sustenance for his life and health, are we going to feed him a steak? Man, she's giving me some eyeballs like, what the... Are you going to give him mashed potatoes? Are you going to give him, you know, uh, things that, you know, uh, spicy foods and things like that? Probably not going to feed him curry. Or or fajitas. Probably not going to do that. Certainly not going to give him a pepper. Why is that? Why is that, somebody? 
Yeah, he's not ready. He's not old enough. He can't handle it. He's not ready for it. And you know what? The same is true in the spirit. You know, not there is spiritual food for us at whatever level we're at. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. At whatever level you're at, brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, there are nutrients available to be consumed. And you know what? You need to eat what is appropriate for you. Ask the Father, like Jesus said, day by day, for your daily bread, your spiritual food. Ask the Father. Babies need milk at first, don't they? Yeah, that's what they start out with. 1 Peter 2.2, 2, listen to what this says. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. That's, the, that's that baby's mantra right now. He can't say it, but I promise you, if you could get him to say it, he'd stand up and go, I like milk. I like my mama's milk. And I got to have some of that. And then when he gets done, he's like, about five minutes later, I got to have some more. As newborn babes... Desire the spiritual milk that you may grow thereby. I submit to you this morning, where are you at in your spiritual growth, in your spiritual consumption? If it's, if it's the beginning of your spiritual consumption, you crave the milk of the word. Don't be ashamed. Go in there and get the big goblet in the kingdom and fill that thing up full of milk. Allow the spirit of God to bring the milk of the word to you. Drink it. Receive the nutrients. Hallelujah. And as babies grow, they move on to more variety, don't they? They move on to more substance. See, right now, I couldn't live on the volume that he eats. I could live on it for a while, but I promise you, I'd get really skinny. I mean, you give me months down the road, if I was eating the volumes that he's eating right now, I'd get really skinny. Because it's just not the volume I need. It's not the caloric intake that I need for my size. So too, the, 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 our spirits. Listen to what the 1 Corinthians 3, 2 says. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. This is Paul talking to the Corinthians church. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Here's Paul talking to a church through a letter saying, look. I want to get to the meat, but I can't because you're not ready for it yet. And, you know, I, I, I wonder this morning, you know, how many of us are in a position that we haven't graduated? You know, Gerber has, the, has a, a product, you know, branding now, and they call it graduates. Gerber graduates. And what is that? Those are the next steps to it, into more and more complex eating, more and more complex foods and tastes. And I submit this morning, we have graduates in the Spirit. And I tell you, the Spirit of God is, is crying out and declaring that I prepare a table for you. And you need to come and you need to, to, to partake of that table. And as you partake of that table, you will graduate on to deeper and, and fuller things in the Spirit. And Paul's talking to him. He said, I want to go there, but I can't. Hebrews 5.11, much more could be said about this subject. And he's, he had just talked about, man, Hebrews 11 is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it talks about our high priest, Jesus. It talks about his role as the priest. And he just got through talking about Jesus being a priest in the order of Melchizedek. And there is such a deep revelation about what is really meant when he says that. 
when he brings that scripture out. And he's trying to lay some of that out. But then he gets down to the place and he just says, you know, there's a whole lot more about this subject. But it is hard to explain and all of you are slow to understand. This is the contemporary English version. By now you should have been teachers. But once again, you need to be taught the simplest things about what God has said. You need milk instead of solid food. People who live on milk are like babies who don't really know what is right. Solid food is for mature people who have been trained to know right from wrong. I tell you this morning by the Spirit of God, we limit our intake by, what we, by the choices we make in life. But what we choose to do, but what we choose not to do, but what we choose to associate ourselves with, but what we choose not to associate ourselves with, by what we give occasion to for the flesh and occasion to for the soul. And you know what it does? It does nothing more than hold us in a state of spiritual maturity that we don't grow. And because of that, we can't move into the deep things of God. We can't get to the meat. We can't get to the fajitas. We can't get to the the hot peppers and the things that right now, because of our spiritual state, as 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 maybe even infants or toddlers, we can't sustain. We can't we can't tolerate that. It might cause us to not to, to drift away. It might cause us to to go kaput. You know, have you ever had just something come in? It's like, boom, man, I, you know, there I can't get anything out of that. So how do we eat spiritually speaking? We're going to talk about that next week.